0: Step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Four-time
1: best sports blog winner
0: with Justin Bradford, three-time
1: winner for best sports reporter and commissioner of the SECHC,
0: and Glenn Blackwell. It's time to talk all things hockey in the Music City. Penalty Box Radio is on Smashville's best sports talk.
1: ESPN
0: 102.5 The Game.
2: Welcome to Penalty Box Radio and on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford here along with Glenn Blackwell. Producer Colin Behind the Glass. We have interns Danielle and Jonah here in studio with us. And boy, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> so much news that is continuing to break in the NHL. Whether it's yesterday or today, uh, the National Predators broke the San Jose Sharks. Uh, reports are from uh, Pierre Lebrun and Greg Wachinski. Multiple sources now that... Pete DeBoer, San Jose Sharks head coach, has been fired. So the Predators broke them. They have mm-hmm. been stumbling and bumbling through the season with the talent they have and not doing that well. And so I want to start off. The Predators defeated the Sharks three to one, Glenn. Yes,
1: and they did.
2: Interesting story last night post game. Okay. So I'm usually one of the last ones to leave the press conference area with Peter Laviolette because I have to pack up my camera. <laughs> dude. Reduce the size of the tripod. Head over the the public elevators. Everybody knows those public elevators—the ones that you take up from event level mm-hmm. or to the fourth by the smoking area, by the parking garage. Those parking garage elevators are the public elevators in the arena, right? Mm-hmm. So, I get to the the garage there, or the, sorry, to the elevators there to head back up to the press box, because that's where I do my recording and editing and everything. And standing there, waiting in the elevator too, is Pete DeBoer and his coaching staff. As we are walking to the elevator. Um, one of the ice crews says, oh, the bus is this way. I'm like, no, we, we don't need that. Uh, we're going to go for a walk. Oh. And so they didn't know how to get to ground level. And so I helped them <laughs> from the elevator get to ground level because I made a couple stops. I stopped at number one, which is just the main concourse, which is not ground level yet for okay. the garage. Yep. It's like, oh, no, you guys want star two. I'm like, okay, thanks. And you get to star two. I'm like, uh, th- this is you guys. So and they got off. There okay. were a couple staff members, okay. like con- probably concessions workers, I think, just closing up managers of concessions. Mm-hmm. And on the elevator still went, uh, that was the opposing team's uh, coaching staff. I'm like,
3: oh Lord, what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's why it was so awkward. It's like Yeah. Did he know then? Did he get, did, was he refused access to the bus like it's happened to some head coaches? Or did yeah, he have a feeling? Yeah, and did he have to go
1: separate, travel right. back? Or, or were they just going or, to Broadway? were
2: they really just going for a walk? I didn't, I didn't know then. I mean, we all knew he was probably on the hot seat. That seat got really hot in 24 hours.
1: Oh, it did, it yeah. It
2: burned on fire.
1: <laughs> so much that they wouldn't even let him sit on the bus, maybe. Maybe, maybe. maybe. We don't
2: know. We That's don't know. It's speculation, but that all happened last night. That is one of those unique stories that, <laughs> yep. I mean
1: that only you can tell right now <laughs>
2: right and then a, a few fans are on the elevator from floor one to floor two because they had to, they, they obviously were in the parking garage so it's just interesting that i've never <laughs> ridden one of those elevators with a coaching staff before yeah because we're taking naturally the freight they're,
1: they're, yeah yeah naturally they're going to go exit elsewhere and they're going yeah, to get on the, the bus immediately that wow, was interesting. That's, interesting that's very interesting
2: so pete devore and then later on in the show we're going to talk to sean shapiro Mm -hmm. Of the Athletic, he covers the Dallas Stars. Talk, obviously, about Jim Montgomery being let go from the Dallas Stars due to misconduct. Still unknown what's happened there. And assume it'll be continued to be unknown, but we're going to talk with him about that later on. Also, the Dallas Stars come to Nashville on Saturday. And then Joe Yurton of the Athletic as well. Buffalo Sabres is who he covers, and they play the Preds tomorrow night in Buffalo. Quick little road trip up to Buffalo, then back home, and then back on the road again for four straight games. Weird times. But quickly, let's cover... Last night's game, 3-1 victory for the natural Predators in a game that the first period and 16 minutes into the second had me going.
1: Mm-hmm. <coughs> boring. Like, there was a game? What? We're all just kind of waiting for something yeah, to happen. something to happen. It was
2: a Tuesday <laughs> night versus Calgary uh, someone didn't really get that reference on Twitter. It's like, no, it's like Tuesday versus Calgary. Did they and actually try
1: to argue? Like, no, no it's not Calgary. Like, this has
2: a playoff feel. Like, no, it Ooh. does now. Yeah, <laughs> the first two periods felt Did like not, a no. t- early twenty tens game versus Calgary, where it's just like, what is going on? This is so boring. But then everything seemed to happen, including all the penalty minutes <laughs> to close mm-hmm. out the second period. The teams I mean, that, combined for yeah, over seventy penalty start. minutes. <sighs> it was insane. Crazy. Uh, to, to the point to where you have Evander Kane not even getting out of the penalty box till a minute and one seconds left in the regulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just everything happened. Then the Predators played some good downhill hockey in the third period. Big goals, obviously, from Nick Bonino. Leading goal scorer, Nick Bonino. He leads the team he, in goals.
1: He leads them, and then right behind him is Cali Yarncrope.
2: Yeah. it's Yeah, the contributing. And then Ryan Johansson on the power play. Yep. So good for the power play to get some work because that has been a struggle bus. So far this season has been a little rough (laughs) in in November. Now they gotta play catch up. And here's the thing, and it was pointed out on Pred's Insider's with Chase McCabe and Thomas Willis on there too. This team had a six game winless streak last season as well. It was in the month of December though.
1: Oh, that's right. Yep.
2: So that was a rough part. I'm not I I hate wanting to compare season to season because people want to throw out the well, the St. Louis Blues were the last in the league and they went on and won the cup. (laughs) Yeah. The first team to do that. That's why (laughs) it's historical. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's how they say it in, in all these groups and everything. Well, they, they, if one team can do it, any team can, yes, one time in a hundred years.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it's fair to look back at previous seasons and just, just compare to play. And, and if right. that's the case, you know, remembering back to last year, maybe they just got that little slump over with. Already, and
2: you can go on a losing streak every, and still win. Just got to play, make the playoffs.
1: But if you think about every team in the league, at some point is going to have that You're every have single struggle. season. Yeah. You're never going to have a playoffs a solid season. Yeah, playoffs.
2: <laughs> trying to win a game, playoffs. <laughs>
1: I haven't heard that
2: in a while. No, I haven't heard that in a while. But it is going to be interesting because the Predators are going to have to be one of those teams that proves the statistic wrong about where teams are placed at Thanksgiving break, right? At Thanksgiving, what is it, like 75% or so of teams that are in the playoffs at that point of the season, which is still really early in the season, go on to make the playoffs. So, yeah. good starts are important, but strong finishes are more important. Mm-hmm. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is a word, I promise. They're, they're,
2: they're, they're more important if you finish strong. And so, there's an opportunity. And the Preds have a lot of games coming up. They're still the team that has played, what, the least amount of games
1: mm-hmm. in the
2: league. So, they have a lot of up to do. So, they, I mean, they have a couple back to backs coming up, especially in New York. Uh, they have a Pittsburgh back to back, which is going to be interesting. A back to back home and home just didn't wipe that off the, yep. the calendar right off the bat. So,. Glenn, let's go ahead and look at this then, too, in terms of what this Predators team has in front of them. How important is it on this upcoming road trip? What do you want them to do in order to be successful? Say they have four games on the road trip starting next week after the Dallas game as well. Mm -hmm. How many points do you want them to get out of that to still say, hey, they're still on the right track, they fixed some things since those St. Louis back-to-back victories, and you know this is a successful road trip if they get this amount of points?
1: I think that if you come out of a four-game road trip – winning three games oh, I think that would I mean it would be but then I worry though and this is just me any less than that there's going to be a lot of room for <laughs> I thought we were I thought we were going on the right track I thought this team was headed right. in the right direction what is happening and everybody's going to start talking and the buzz is going to come mm-hmm. about but I think that right now with where they are I think that three wins out of four is totally possible for this team I really sure. do um, and so for me, I worry that anything less, if you, you know, come across one, to, I don't know, <laughs> I'm going to, I won't lose confidence, right, but I'll say, course. wait, I thought, I thought this was headed in the right direction. And
2: it depends on if they lose, how they, how lose, they lose, right? Exactly. It's not like a, <laughs> like a Vancouver, how many power play goals they can allow the team to exactly. score kind of thing, or a <laughs> meltdown against Calgary kind of thing. If it's a close game and they lose again, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. If you lose a game and you played the best that you possibly could that night, that's okay, because then yeah. you know you're playing good hockey.
1: And chances are, on that next game, that's going to carry over because you're Should. playing your game yes. right.
2: So my thing is, get five of eight points. Mm-hmm. However, you have to combine that, get five of eight points, because then you're on the plus side. Yep. You're, you're just past the halfway part. Yeah. Of that five so you're points doing something right. out of eight. Yeah. You're you're doing that's okay. Fair. That includes, you know, you have an overtime loss, and that's okay. You're, you're a shootout loss, something like that is okay, especially with back-to-backs because the goal there is obviously win one. Mm-hmm. If you can get three points out of those four on a back-to-back, that is stellar. Four points out of four on a back-to-back, that is amazing! <laughs> so, so you do that, you're doing just fine. Whew, you okay over there?
1: <coughs> yes.
2: <laughs> so interesting, last night, we talked about it, over 70 penalty minutes. Evander Kane had a ton of them.
1: <laughs>
2: he had a ton of them, and and for good reason. I mean, he went and, what, sucker punched Dan Hamhuse, and then he and Austin yep. Watson went out, and he just was sitting there. And then it looked like that they were just making dinner reservations, the penalty box of the Preds.
1: Yeah. There are four it, guys in there. But, <laughs> if you, I mean, if you want to spice a game up, that was Spicy. the way to do it. I mean, Spicy. we started seeing action after that, you know? And so it's just – It is crazy how you can have such a slow and, you know, drawn-out game, and then all of a sudden – Everything, everything starts everything. happening. Everybody clears the benches, and goes and hangs out in the middle together in the box. It's like
2: eight seventeen p.m. and the second period's almost over, and we're going. Boy, this, this is going really is...
1: quick. Yeah. We're going to be out
2: of here by like ten o'clock post game and all, and then the whistles happened.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh. <laughs> I didn't get out of the arena last night until eleven thirty, just trying to edit everything after you know my interesting experience with uh, the mm-hmm. former. San Jose Sharks head coach, Pete DeBoer.
1: Wasn't former at the time, but now That we know of. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) It could
2: have been. It could have been. All right, so some upcoming high school games. Yes, the high school hockey season is still going on. Nash, lots of games coming up this Friday. So Friday, your chance to watch a lot of these high schools go and play hockey. I'm sure plenty of you are alums of these schools, or you have kids that go to these schools, or you know kids that go to these schools, or you know a teacher that works at these schools. You know people at these schools, so you better go support them, okay? All right. Pope John Paul II CPA GCA take on Ravenwood at Bellevue at well at 4:30 p.m. That's an early game. Early game. Okay, that's Friday the thirteenth. Oh, Friday the Thirteenth! Mm-hmm. Uh, Father Ryan takes on Franklin Hume Fog BGA at Centennial Sportsplex at six thirty. <laughs> then you have the Sumner County team, Hendersonville Station Camp and Beach, taken on the Tennessee Outlaws uh, at Fordyce Center Antioch at seven thirty. And then the last game on Friday is Endsworth and Nolensville taking on Brentwood Academy, Franklin Academy, and Lipscomb at Centennial at eight o'clock. So lots of high school hockey action in. In Antioch, in Bellevue, and in downtown Nashville. So, no excuse. Get out there and support those teams. Okay, Glenn, it has been really cold. There were some schools that had to cancel yesterday and get out early. Had a little bit of snow. The dry air monster, the dam, mm-hmm. ate all that up here in downtown area. But yeah. just to the south and to the east of us, some places saw a little bit of snow. So, nice and cold and probably had people thinking warm thoughts, right?
1: They were, and I, honestly, I didn't even have any snow, but... I wanted to cancel because it was 23 <laughs> degrees when I walked outside this morning. Oh gosh, and that's well, a little colder than my preference. Well, so. if it's too cold right
2: now, you can start making plans for this summer to take a cruise with us. <laughs> Bye, bye, bye. That is amazing. (laughs) That's right. Join penalty box radio ships and trips travel at Royal Caribbean, July 12th to 19th for a special hockey fan cruise aboard the Liberty of the Seas sailing out of Galveston, Texas. Destinations include Cozumel, Costa Maya, Roatan, Honduras, Yes, we are also going to raise money for the National Predators Foundation for all these different little things you can purchase on the cruise ship. We're going to have cocktail hours, trivia nights, chuck-a-puck, and private skating just for our group on the ice rink. That's aboard the ship, the ice rink. That is on the ship, Glenn. Say it ain't so. It's so. Three private rentals on the ice rink aboard the Liberty of the Seas. Again, that's July 12th to 19th. Cozumel, Costa and Roatan, Honduras. Lots of fun events just for our group. HockeyFanCruise.com That's hockeyfancruise.com for more information. Hope you'll travel with us. Up next, Joe Yurden of the Athletic Talking Buffalo Sabres here with penalty boxer radio ESPN at 1025 the game. That is amazing. <laughs> back to penalty box radio espn of the game justin bradford glenn blackwell producer calvin as always with them beats
4: mm-hmm.
2: all right up next always love to have him on because we only we only get to talk to him maybe once a season joe yurden with the athletic joining us joe how's it going man
4: Going
0: great, Justin. Good to talk to you again.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Love to have you on here. So let's talk Buffalo Sabres. I mean, I'm gonna start right off with Jack Eichel. He has been on one heck of a streak right now, fourteen uh game point streak. Just what is it about his game that is making him so successful right now?
0: Boy, I tell you, it's uh it's a combination of a lot of things, but it's really it's really him leaning into his his skills and uh he he's grown up. He's grown up a bit and you know, and he's what what is this, his fifth year, I think? Time flies when, when when things go on, but it's uh it, it's been a it's been an outstanding season for him. He's you know he's he, he's carrying his line. I mean it, it's tough to say he's carrying his line because Sam Reinhart and Victor Oladipo are having pretty great years too. But um but but Jack's doing it all. I mean he's 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 taking the big faceoffs. He's he's lead the way on the offense. He's their most consistent point producer, which was the case before, but but now the goals are coming more often. I think that's that's been a huge boost to them. I mean the fact that he's got 20 goals now is pretty amazing considering uh, he got his career high last year, and that was 28, and he's on a pace for, what, 51 this year? The, he's having a heck of a year. It's it's really impressive to watch.
1: Yeah, we always enjoy watching him. And speaking of players specific, Rasmus Dahlin skated again for the second day in a row after being out with a concussion after a nasty elbow to the head. Um, it looks like, as, as far as I've seen, it looks like it'll be decided tomorrow morning if he's going to play against Nashville tomorrow. I know the power play has missed him. So, just overall, what have you seen in his absence, and what is he going to bring back to this team once he's back and healthy?
0: Well, in his absence, it's it's kind of freed things up for for the other seven defensemen that they have on the roster to to get worked into the lineup. Uh, you know, it's it, it's it's been a tough a tough juggling job for, for Ralph Kruger to this point, trying to get everybody to work. And you know, Donlins had a had a. Bit of a rougher second season. I mean, he was, you know, the brilliance that he had last year was was pretty tough to top, and you know, it, it only makes sense that a sophomore slump would would kind of settle in. But he was starting to get it back together when when Eric Chernak elbowed him in the head on a power play uh, in Tampa. And uh, you know, I, I, if I had if I had to put money down on on a guess, I would say he's back in tomorrow. He was running the first power play unit today in practice. Uh, he was paired with Colin Miller. All these things seem to line up that he's got to be back in tomorrow, it, but it all depends on how his, you know how his head responds to you know getting that first day of uh, contact practice. But uh, but they do miss him. I mean, he's the guy who carries the puck. He's the guy who carries the play. And you know, I think getting him back out there and getting him back into back into games and and getting his uh, getting his game figured out is is the best way forward for this team.
1: And looking at the play overall, um, the Sabres and the Predators actually are having pretty similar seasons thus far. Really good October, rocky November, kind of turning things around in December. And so from the outside, it looks like Buffalo is just finding their way and doing all the small things right, which is kind of turning things around for them. So what has been your take so far, um, and not just on December, but the season overall, but kind of where they are right now, and what is this matchup going to look like tomorrow against the Predators?
0: Well, it's been really interesting to watch how how things have developed. I mean, I, I know you guys know Carter Hutton pretty well from his, from his mm-hmm. time at Nashville, mm-hmm. but, uh, but Linus Allmark's kind of kind of taken charge in in goal, and that's been an occur- encouraging development because he's still. I mean, he's twenty, I think he's twenty five, twenty six now. He's still considered young. I mean, you know, the goalies sometimes take a little bit of time to to, to mature into their jobs, but uh, but for him, I mean, he's he's taken a step this year. That's been really good to see. Uh, the, the play of the line of, uh, Zemgis Giergensen, Johan Larson and Kyle Pozo. they've been really good all year. You know, Kyle missed a handful of games with it, with another concussion, which was pretty scary. But, uh, but, you know, it's caused Larson to kind of move up and down the lineup and, and he's been dynamite offensively. I mean, he's, he's always been a pretty good shutdown type of forward, but, but now he's scoring goals and he's helping others score. And, and that line does really great with possession and shots. And, you know, it, it kind of sneaks up on you. Cause you're not. You, know, you see Jeff Skinner on one line. You're seeing uh, Marcus Johansson on another line, and you're thinking, well, those are the offensive lines. And then suddenly you're, you're throwing your fourth unit out against Larson's line, and then that line's burying you in your end. And your 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 goalie's got to be sharp. So that's that's been a pleasant surprise. You know, they've had some other guys that you know are, are just starting to get their get their gears going a little bit. And you know, I I, I think having a line like that that can that can be the changeup has been a huge boost for him. Um, but I, I think the way that this game matches up, I, I Nashville seems to own Buffalo and Buffalo and it, and it flips the script when they go to Nashville. I don't, I don't have any sort of explanation for how that works, but, uh, but I expect, I, you know, I always expect Nashville to, to really bring the heat when, it, when they come to Buffalo. And, boy, this, we could use a little heat here. It's a little chilly.
2: <laughs> Sports, am I right?
4: <laughs> always hard to
2: explain. <laughs> uh, again, Joe of The Athletic. join us to talk Buffalo Sabres. And, Joe, switching gears here a little bit, it's the 50th anniversary season for the Buffalo Sabres, and tomorrow night is 80s night uh, for the Sabres. And nice Nashville connection when they're having some alums join there. Uh, Brent Peterson, former assistant coach for the Predators, one of the, those that's going to be there, Dave Anderchuk, Mike Felino how how exciting is that to have some of these veterans that have been there and obviously buffalo such a great sports town and the fans of the sabers have been there for so long and so dedicated to this team for them to get this type of celebration for them
0: yeah it's been really cool all season we you know we had 70s night uh i think it was Back in November, I think when the islanders were here, but you know you get you know you get the the broadcasters break out the old like i think they're they're almost uh predators mustard yellow sports jackets for the uh <laughs> for the for the broadcast, and you know they you know they they go all out with there's all kinds of stuff in the arena and, and whatnot, but you know it's the players coming back that's so cool and you know when when you do seventies seventies night, you get you know you've got Gilbert Perot and Rene Robert coming back uh eighties night you know yeah it's Dave androchuk. It's you know, it's all these guys coming back. Darren Pupa, who I'm I'm kinda of partial to from his RPI days uh in college <laughs> and uh you know, you see those guys coming in and you know, they're they're gonna have the arena dressed up. All the, they've got T shirts laid out for the fans that make it look like the inside of the odd. Oh, uh God. the old odd which used to used to be right right down next to where uh the current arena is and you know, they're gonna make, it's gonna look like that. Hopefully, hopefully all the fans throw the t-shirts on or, or find a way to, to represent it to make it look like, uh, make it look like the old building. But it's great to see this because the, the Sabres do have a rich history. I mean, they don't have the Stanley, they don't have a Stanley Cup yet, but, um, but there's so many great players that have come through here and, uh, it's, it's a tremendous history that, that I think everybody can really appreciate.
2: And now going from uh, veterans and alums to the youth now, Victor Olofsson, second in the team in points. He's having quite the season already with 28 points, 32 games. And last season, he only played six games for the team. So how much of a pleasant surprise has he been for this team and a good addition for this team as well?
0: Well, I I, I don't know how much of a surprise it is. I mean, he, he had a, he had such a year in Rochester mm-hmm. last season. He scored 30 goals for the Amherst And I think it was about halfway through last season, fans were clamoring to get him into (laughs) Buffalo then. Uh, But it was his, uh, but I mean, last season was his first in North America after, after really lighting it up in Sweden, uh, his final year abroad. And, you know, he's come in and the expectations, well, I don't know about the expectations, the hopes were that he was going to be able to jump in and be able to do a lot of the same things he did in Rochester and, you know he gets off to the start where you know his first six goals this season were all on the power play, and everybody said, "Well, where's the five-on-five stuff?" He can't score at five-on-five. And then, I think his next seven <laughs> goals were at five-on-five. So I mean, he's found he's figuring it out, and it, the way his season's playing out right now is is kind of mimicking the way it, it went in Rochester, which is which is great on all accounts because if he can be a 30, t- 30 goal type guy, I mean, you're talking about you know I you know Eichel unless Eichel goes on an unbelievably disturbing drought. He's going to crack thirty. Uh, Jeff Skinner is having another dynamite season. He's probably gonna, he's probably going to make a run at thirty. Olsson's been been very good, and his shot is is you know I, people scoffed at me before, when I said he might have one of the best shots in the NHL just upon showing up in his first game. Um, but I, I think if you start asking some of the goalies he's beat this year, they're going to say it, it ranks up there pretty well. It, it's not Ovechkin. It's not like an Ovechkin slap shot. It's not like a Stamkos slap shot it's not like that it's it's a quick fast hard accurate shot and it just seems to come up out of nowhere i think that's that it's gonna be really interesting whether it's Pekka or it's uh, or it's uc saros tomorrow i think it's going to be fascinating to see how those guys adjust to that
2: absolutely i'm inter- very interested to watch and so one last question we have to let you go it's been since 2011 since the buffalo sabers made the playoffs how big will it be for this city you know it's still early in the season still a lot of way to go but it really they're in a really good spot right now how big will it be for that fan base and for that city for the Sabres uh, to make it to the playoffs again
0: oh, I would be huge it would be it would be a massive accomplishment I the expectations were pretty you know the hopes are always high but I think the realistic expectations were were pretty low going into this year they're in a good spot right now I mean you're sitting second in the division that's pretty darn good um, and they might be playing a little bit above their, you know, above their heads or above expectations. But I, you know, if they're able to make a run at the playoffs, I mean, if they can build off, you know, I, I assume the Bills will win one of their next three knock on wood <laughs> and they'll make the playoffs. Um, that, that would be just a, a, a huge boost to, to kind of take a swing off of that, uh, to make the postseason They're They're playing well. There are some other issues with, you know, that are going in. You know, the power plays not consistent. The PKs having a hard time but um but if they can make the postseason boy oh boy uh seeing a home playoff game in buffalo again for the first time in a long time man oh man you're gonna see this city's gonna be going absolutely bananas and <laughs> it's been a while since it's been like that <laughs> uh,
2: i can only imagine and we all know all too well about inconsistencies with special teams here in nashville <laughs> this season so, <laughs> i knew you guys would under,
0: be able to understand pretty oh, yeah. well there. <laughs>
2: oh yeah well joe as always thank you so much for joining us appreciate your time and look forward to the game tomorrow night
0: Hey, you got it, Justin. Thanks for having me.
2: All right, folks, Joe Yurden, He is the Buffalo Sabres beat reporter for The Athletic. Great, great stuff again. I'll say subscribe to That Athletic. You get some great inside information on the teams you love and all the different sports that you love as well. Okay, up next, lots to talk about with the Dallas Stars. They're coming to town to face the Predators on Saturday. Sean Shapiro of The Athletic coming up next here on Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025 The Game. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell here. Producer Calvin behind the glass. And we have absolutely nothing to talk about with our next guest. There's nothing going on in Dallas, you know, the past couple days or in the upcoming weeks. We have Sean Shapiro from The Athletic joining us. Sean, how's it going, man?
4: It's going pretty well, guys. How are you? Uh,
2: Doing all right. I'm going to start off with a really tough question, which maybe you know is coming. Maybe you don't know is coming a lot of people coming to Dallas in the next few weeks from Nashville, obviously two big barbecue meccas in in the south. What are your top 3 favorite barbecue places in Dallas to recommend to people?
4: Oh, you're putting me on the spot on this one. Holy cow. Oh man. You know what? I'm you're going to have to come back to me on this. Oh. Because I am I am uh there's some good ones, but right now my head is running still running a million miles a minute right now. Um,
2: <laughs> I figured I might throw you off with of that one. <laughs> it's like it's gonna be serious.
1: It's good that there's too many yeah. to choose from. That's good. It's
4: yeah, good no, there's, there's, there's there's a good amount. There's there's definitely a good amount and I am uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna have to come back to me. You're have to come okay. back to me on that one or um, but yeah, let's,
2: Well don't worry, we will. Uh, we will because everybody's gonna wanna know because everybody's gonna do that comparison and yeah. uh, everything. Yeah. But I do know I love I love the barbecue in Texas, obviously. I mean Everybody rolls their eyes. Like, it, it's really good. It's really good. Anyways, let's get to the, yeah. the big news. Obviously, broke yesterday. Big things cha- Big things changing with the Dallas Stars. Obviously, not really based on performance, but of misconduct. Uh, Jim Montgomery fired from the Dallas Stars. Just, if you could fill everybody in on this and what you know, because obviously we still don't know much about the whole situation, just that he's gone and that something happened that the team did not approve of. And uh, where do we go from there?
4: Yeah, it's... Um it's wild. We still don't know exactly what happened and I honestly don't know if we'll ever know. I know people want to know and people are going to say, "Oh, you got to dig and you got to push and everything like that." But um realistically, I I honestly believe there's only like six or seven people in the world that actually know what happened. I think wow. it's between Jim Montgomery, um, any other person involved with what happened, Jim Nil who was got tipped off and the stars legal counsel and uh, beyond that, we really don't know what happened. Jim Jim Montgomery Something happened, we know, a couple days before Sunday. Jim Nill got a phone call. He then went and conducted his investigation, and early, early Tuesday morning, he fired the coach and made some coaching changes. And um, the thing I think that just kind of stands out to me most about all of this is people want to know what happened. But I think the most egregious thing is if the Stars were able to come to this conclusion in less than 36 hours— if an investigation where Jim Montgomery wasn't even involved, and there was and an HR team was able to green light this without any argument from Jim Montgomery's legal representation, that just tells me everything as something really bad happened. I don't know what, and I, yeah. I'm not even going to speculate on what the nature was because it's not fair, but something bad happened, something that uh, clearly is. I don't, I don't know if Jim Montgomery comes back from it. I have no idea what it is, um, and it's something where I've talked to quite a few people, and it's been a very solemn, kind of sad tone when you talk to people where people have told me Jim Montgomery left the Stars no choice here, and it's kind of maybe one of the saddest statements about it is they were left no choice, and they did not want to fire Jim Montgomery. It's something they, there's a coach they really liked, and they were left in a spot where they, Jim Nill had no choice, and I think that was kind of the most solemn, sad thing about this to hear whatever it was, it's that bad, which is crazy to think about.
1: Yeah, and Sean, we won't harp on it because, like you said, and like all of us know, I mean, we don't know, and we don't want to speculate, Mm -hmm. but I do want to ask you, um, despite what this ends up being, when you look Mm -hmm. back at the era of Jim Montgomery in Dallas, despite whatever happened, whatever was unprofessional, um, what is that legacy that he's going to leave behind in the Dallas Stars team?
4: Yeah, it's interesting because, obviously, Jim Montgomery, the hockey coach, was – he was the right hire. He, in the second, as a rookie head coach last year in the NHL, um, helped the Stars reach the second round of the playoffs, Game Seven against the Stanley Cup champions. By all accounts, he was a success as a rookie head coach. And this season, Stars are one of the best teams in the NHL after that one seven and one start. Um, and so, there's a legacy here on a hockey side where Stars' success this year is tied to Jim Montgomery because a lot of the foundation how they'll play the rest of the year is built on what he built, and then. Obviously, there's the human side of it, which you can't ignore because so you can't, as I, as I kind of wrote today, you can't romanticize a man because of what he did as a human because we don't know what it is. So it's a real tricky, slippery legacy because you want to give credit to the hockey coach, but you also have to take into account what happened, and not knowing what happened makes it even tougher. Um, it's it's going to be fascinating if this ever becomes public. I, I'm, I saw earlier today that uh, one of the local TV stations apparently found Jim Montgomery, must maybe gone to his house or something like that. And he gave no comment, but he said there will be a talk time to talk at some time. And so whenever that time is to talk, maybe we'll learn something more. But um, as far as legacy goes, it's going to be something that's going to be remembered for, obviously, the exit and also kind of the crazy roller coaster of the 18 months. Both There were some really good moments, some really odd moments, and then obviously ultimately some bad at the end.
2: Absolutely, and again, Sean Shapiro of the Athletic talking to us about the the Dallas Stars right now. And let's move on from that subject and kind of look ahead now into where the, the Stars are coming to Nashville as a preview for the Winter Classic. And the Stars three game win streak, six three and one in their last ten. They're one. They're they're in the wild card spot right now, so they're they're playing pretty good hockey, like you said already too. How big was it for this team? to get a win, no matter the opponent, because we, we all know who the opponent was that they played and got their win last night And but how big was it for this team to help the players, if anything, be able to move on and start fresh?
4: Yeah, I think having a game itself, no matter what the result was big, just being able to have that kind of, I think it kept the play, it kind of helped players kind of fast forward after the news early Tuesday morning, but I think getting a win and kind of winning the way the Stars did, I think was was huge because it kind of reaffirmed that, you know what, we can still play that same defensive style, but we're still going to be a similar team. And you know what, where it works with Rick Bonus, And I think that was really important for that early confidence. And uh, obviously New Jersey is not the, uh, New Jersey is not the greatest team. So it's not the uh, not, not something you hang your head on too much, but just no matter who it was, you needed to get off on the right foot to kind of stop the uh, coaching change from becoming a potential spiral.
2: No, absolutely and and now let's kind of touch on some players and, and storylines there too and one of the things that just impresses me is Mira Heiskanen I mean he is just mm-hmm. such a gem and a beast and still so young and to continue to get better how much of a gem is he for the Dallas Stars franchise and a sign of the future as some of these aging guys get get a little bit older but he's that fresh face that is, is he the future face of this franchise
4: he may already be the face of the all right honestly I mean it's, it's Jamie Venn and Tyler Sagan are still obviously the biggest names I think from recognition, but Miro Hishkinen is—if you're a Stars hockey fan, excited about the future and everything like that—he is the one that everyone, that the fan base knows and that they, they are excited about. I think kind of a perfect uh, example for this is what happened with the Stars Winter Classic jerseys, where Miro Heiskanen jerseys and Rope Hintz jerseys sold out before <laughs> anyone else. Like it was just the fans were; those were the those were the hot sellers of the Stars Winter Classic jersey. So, Miro is. It's a privilege to kind of watch him 82 games a year. He's that good of a defenseman, and it's, uh, there's not many people who skate like him. And he, I mean, he's a guy who I think you guys obviously saw him last year in that playoff series and mm-hmm. see him throughout the regular season. He's a guy who I think if more people paid attention to and watched what he did every game. He'd be in the Norris conversation, and I have no problem saying
1: that. And, Sean, back in September, you put out a piece on a trip Uh, that you had gone to Finland to Mm kind of dig into the experience, um, the hockey culture, the food, all the above. (laughs) Um, And I don't want to give too much away because I truly do believe that people should subscribe to The Athletic and read this because it's Mm -hmm. so well written. It was a fantastic piece. Um, So I kind of just want to get just an idea of what that entire experience was like for you and what did you take away from the culture that you didn't really quite know before you went
4: yeah it was a, obviously I knew I was going to kind of dive into the hockey culture of Finland. It was something I was really interested in doing, and kind of the initial takeaway one thing that i was that I wanted to do was we and kind of the the thought process behind the trip in the first place is we always talk about okay these European guys coming over here and what's it like for them to be here and in a weird spot and everything like that and I thought it would be for me I wanted to go find out where they were from and I wanted to kind of put myself in that opposite position of okay what can I learn about them from where they are and hockey culture and as, as, a, as a hockey fanatic it was it was it was a great trip it was one of my favorite trip it was a work trip but it was one of the best trips I've ever taken where you basically drove around the country I flew, to, flew into Helsinki rented a car and just drove around the country I think I went to visit it close to 35 to 40 rinks, watched games at various levels, and just to kind of see the dedication and the um, kind of a, the passion about hockey. And we're in August. This is the story. I went on this trip in August. Story ran in September, but the uh, the I went on the trip in August, and they're already in this. And it was it was it was just fun to watch to see how much this small country loves this sport and. Um, obviously not to give too much away from, yeah. from the story, one of the biggest takeaways is just they there, there's a reason that a country so small is able to produce as many NHL players as that is, and it's because they do things the right way. And, uh, and, and not only just with how they have kids play the game and things like that, but all the way to how their national teams are organized. It was fascinating to dive into all of that and learn a lot about a country that obviously – stars and obviously nashville too i would assume now have with with some of their finished ties obviously uh, have uh can can thank
2: absolutely and it's a fantastic read a great deep dive into the culture so i highly urge everyone to read that and if anything too if you don't have a subscription to athletic and you want to know more about these teams and the sports that you love you've got to do that because it's just a great way to get all this insight and so sean before we have to let you go, we're gonna we're gonna ask the barbecue question again at the very end. But before we let you go, you, you <laughs> love the sport, obviously, and that's that's very apparent too. So turning the the media mode off because we we do sometimes when yeah. we can. How excited are you for the winter class for this event to be coming to Dallas, where you don't even have to really travel to get to it?
4: Yeah, um, I. I'm really looking forward to it. I know it's uh and it's nice too because it's going to be a fun family event for me too. My parents don't live down here, but it's a good excuse to have. My <laughs> mom and dad are flying in for the for New Year's Eve, so then New Year's Eve is a family. Stars so always play on New Year's Eve, so I actually get a New Year's Eve at home for the first time in forever. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to that, and then obviously get the outdoor game. It, it, it's going to be it's going to be a fun event. It's going to be fun to watch. um I think the event's going to be. I think it's going to be really cool, and I think. Uh, Obviously, it'll be so really neat. We get to see it just from a media perspective, too, mm-hmm. the day before when the teams practice on New Year's Eve out there and families. It's, it's going to be a fun overall event.
2: And a lot of tickets sold. It's making some waves oh, yeah. throughout the NHL. So it just shows, hey, we know how to do hockey here in the South. So so yeah. before we let you go, i uh, got to ask the barbecue question again. Do any come to mind that you could recommend for folks coming
4: coming down to Dallas? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. I <laughs> All right. <everything>. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you two. I'll give you two. Uh, Pecan Lounge is really oh, good. Yeah. And so is – uh. Uh, Lockhart Smokehouse. Those are the two that I would kind of start with.
2: Two beautiful ones. Two beautiful ones. Well, Sean, thanks as always for joining us. Really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you soon.
4: Yeah, thanks guys. Have a good one.
2: Folks, that is Sean Shapiro with Athletic. Joining us on Penalty Box Radio up next, we're going to answer some Twitter questions. Up next on Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025 The Game. to penalty box radio espn 1025 for the game justin bradford glenn blackwell producer calvin always with them beats sick man oh oh boy every time and he's rocking that sweater today too man I'll tell you and what. some shorts today even though it's sweater 35 degrees
3: outside i do what i do
2: that's what
1: you, you do man. That's and that's what you why do. we that's why we love you Kevin. absolutely
2: we have interns danielle and intern jonah making his debut tonight so more breaking news. So the San Jose Sharks officially put out that Bob Bugner is the interim head coach for San Jose Sharks. Bob Bugner might be a familiar name to folks because he played with the National Predators for two seasons, 1998 to 1999, the inaugural year, and mm-hmm. at 2000, uh, sorry, in 99-2000. He was also a coach with the Winter Spitfires. He's been a coach for the Florida Panthers, and he was he joined the coaching staff with San Jose Sharks. So now he is the interim head coach. Also joining the coaching staff of the San Jose Sharks, Mike Ricci and of to Nabokov. So getting some alums in there. Interesting. Just the interesting tie to the elevator ride because mm-hmm. Bob Bugner was not with DeBoer and the other coaches that were on the elevator with me when I wrote okay. it. Okay. So I'm starting to think that it had already happened.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't do know the... why else they would have been separated. Right, why, exactly. You know, why yeah. would you separate it? Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, I'm thinking it already happened. Anyways, let's get to some questions here. Okay. Are you ready for your debut, Jonah?
3: I am ready. Oh, well, like here, we Bob. here we go. Here we go. Tyler asks,
2: <laughs> for someone who spent a fair amount of time in wa- my wonderful hometown of Lebanon, I went to Cumberland University located in Lebanon, Cracker Barrel, pancakes or French toast? What are you uh, taking, Jonah?
3: Well, I would say that the... Um, <laughs> He's analyzing this. <laughs> just a little bit. Pancakes but, or French toast? Hit I me. would say neither. I would go with waffles, but... Oh. Here we go. Here we go. Waffles with the chicken, chicken and waffles. Oh, okay, chicken yeah. and waffles, chicken and waffles.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. Um, Glenn, what I've, you I got? Actually,
1: I actually have not tried either at Cracker Barrel. Oh, my
2: gosh. Um,
1: what? Um, I'm going to go with the French toast, though. But you haven't tried it. Yeah, but that's my pick. If I had to pick on a menu, which I want to eat, oh, I'm going to eat the French toast.
2: For the love of all What would, the
1: would fun, you man. pick, Justin? Pancakes. 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 And French toast? No,
2: no, pancakes with cinnamon apple topping and whipped cream.
1: Okay, very specific.
2: God dang right.
1: (laughs) When I was a child I lived off of pancakes and mac and cheese, so (laughs) together Together? (laughs) together? not together, no. (laughs) no. I'm not I'm not crazy. But pancakes, duh. Hey
2: Danielle, time for breakfast. Here's your craft. (laughs) And your flapjacks instead hey, yeah. of
1: whip on top, <laughs> she gets mac and cheese.
3: Kraft and Jack. Why does
2: this always happen to me on air? Did you have canned cheese on that too?
1: No, cheese with. Oh, she Just said
2: it no, like Velveeta. she's offended. Velveeta. Oh, Velveeta.
1: That's the good stuff.
2: So you had quote unquote cheese? No, not cheese. on my
1: pancakes. She's better than Kraft. She had Velveeta. <laughs>
2: oh, Kraft oh, oh. shows <laughs> and cheese. Okay,
1: but not on the. Not, yeah, not on the, the pancakes. pancakes.
2: So you did not put cheese in your pancakes.
1: No, I put syrup Gross. on my pancakes.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that's delicious. Okay. Did you? What you put on your mac and cheese?
1: cheese
3: okay
2: <laughs> not hot dogs no
3: yeah.
2: i'm just i'm trying to get to the bottom of this i'm a journalist i'm, try-
1: <laughs> I'm gonna turn my mic off now <laughs>
2: okay all right <laughs> this one comes from spider jack is there a craigsmith goal streak looming in the near future dear god i would hope so I for hope his sake so. yeah he has not scored a goal since. November seventh against Colorado and it is not for lack of effort. No. It's just he's not finding the back of the net, things are not working out because his line's doing great. Rocco Grimaldi and Nick Benino have been doing awesome things. That's the only line that's really been together all season. And Smith's been a part of that. I mean, he's had an assist in his last two games against San Jose and New Jersey. So he's put up a little bit there, but he's just not able to finish right now. And so he's got to be getting rewarded with some of this hard work eventually.
1: Yeah, I just feel like at some point it usually balances out. And we've seen this before with Craig Smith. And you just hate it because he is such a great player. He is doing the right things. He is, I mean, he's capitalizing on any chance that he gets. He's creating chances. And so eventually it has to work out for him. You hope because... He's playing the game right. It's just not going to the back of the net. So I yeah. hope that there's one around the corner. I'd say there would be. So
2: Yeah, we'll see. Okay, <clears throat> this one's from John. Yes or no, angry Yossi had angry crazy eyes worthy of Eckholm's crazy eyes. No. There's no, nothing sorry.
1: Crazy. I, I, not at all. Nope.
2: No, because yeah, Ekholm's crazy eyes. this scared me. Uh, or something else.
1: Yeah, no, Yossi they're on a, they're was on a different level. Oh, he yeah. was
2: ticked, but well, they weren't scary. Like I would still be able to say... Okay, Roman, need you to calm down. Though it was funny how he chirped back at Adam Vingan last night in the locker room because Adam <laughs> asked if that was the angriest he's ever been on the ice, and Roman started laughing. I tweeted the GIF of Roman smiling face. All you ladies out there, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and put that out there. But then the funny thing is, Roman clapped back at him. What, Adam? Were you scared? <laughs> <laughs> Yossi, absolutely. Everything would have been different had they lost the game. Oh yeah, that was a big deal. Okay, next one comes from. Chemo Ko, if I'm saying that correctly. I'm curious your thoughts on what will happen in Detroit. Will Eisman be the next to fire low performing coach? Also, out of the mainstream, main out of the available mainstream coaches, who would they go for? Or even if the Preds. If Flavi were to be sacked. I think it's one of those things that with Detroit, even changing the coach right now is not going to help them. They're in full rebuild mode, and Eisenman's going to flip that around for them. If anything, I'd say you ride it out with Blaze Hill, you let the season in, you change coaches from there and rebuild, continuing into the draft and free agency to see what you can do. That's just my thoughts right there. If the Predators were to make a move, I'd rather them go away from the pro circuit and go for something that was out of college or out of junior to give somebody different a shot like that. Just go completely different is what I would want to go for anything different from y'all
1: not really i hadn't really even explored the idea of why we live leaving because i don't think that that's where the predators are at right now so i'll stick with what you said jb
2: all right and jonah get ready to answer this one too this from our good buddy ads roundtable who's the baby yoda of the natural predators so (laughs) (laughs) danielle oh god had to ask me who
3: slash what is yoda and that just called
2: <laughs> me out
1: like that.
3: Thanks, Calvin.
2: You're darn I'm going to call you out on it. You're supposed to research for the show.
3: And at this point, I'm wondering if she wants to know, <laughs> like, his species. <laughs> we so diving baby into nerd. Yoda we is a
4: 50-year-old mm-hmm. baby. That's yeah, what I know. I, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I did my and research.
3: That's, and that's all you do know, because his, who he is has not been specified yet. But <laughs> my <Solid>. take on <laughs> who the Baby Yoda of the National Force would have to be would have to be Dante Fabro. He's Thanks baby. for stealing
2: my answer, there, buddy. Oh, I thought you were gonna go with somebody else. Well, I talked about Dante Fabro.
3: Well, and had like three you know, different
2: players, not
1: him.
3: our one, but well, we're I've, not gonna talk about that. I've been thinking about Fabro as Baby Yoda because he's young, but he is older. You know, he's young, <laughs> but he is older because he went to college. He went to college. Yeah, so yeah. he's and, in his twenties already. Um, the main thing that I remember about Dante Fabro was he's like, I can't wait to play with Shea Weber, guys. Oh. oh and then Weber said all right I'm gonna have to head out and <laughs> you know I remember that thing happening because that is when my little brother was born shout out to Ben
2: all right <laughs> okay so Glenn for you
1: I'm gonna go with Rocco Grimaldi
2: oh that's what you do with a bit video
1: well yeah and because everybody has that reaction he's such a nice guy yeah. he's smaller in stature right. and that's who I'm gonna go with
2: all right, Danielle, Dante Fabro, or do you have somebody else?
1: Well, if nobody knows who Baby Yoda is,
4: I mean, does anybody. Whoa whoa
2: whoa, 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 We know. Don't say nobody. Well, you
1: just said nobody knows. It's a mystery right now.
2: No, whoa, whoa. No, no we, whoa, we know whoa, whoa, whoa. that he's the same species. It is the same species as Yoda. But we don't know the full backstory of it yet. You're giving me this look.
1: <laughs> I am giving like, you the look. Go on, old
2: man. Keep talking.
1: <laughs> all right, that's well, the look
2: you're giving me right now you
1: know what when in doubt go with matter when he's he's funny in all situations i mean i don't know i sound like an idiot oh, but gosh.
2: okay I'm going, I'm going with victor arvidson the reason i'm going with victor arvidson because he has force powers The puck is drawn to him, especially when he's healthy. He stands in front of the net. The puck is drawn to him. He pops the puck in the net. Sometimes in a slap shot, he pops the puck in the net. Baby Yoda has force powers. Victor Arvidsson (laughs) has force powers. That's who I'm going to go with. That's my answer. There we go.
3: Use the force,
2: Arve. There. There we go. All right. Let's see. Pred Kelly asks, what's your version of the top six once Arvidsson is back? Assuming everyone is healthy, you're keeping Turris in the top six, or wasting his talents with anchor weights. That is a very good question, because that is a dilemma right now. I would keep Turris in the top six just because and you know in terms of moving guys down i think you can move cali yarncroke down because he can be successful in other places he could help out a fourth line if anything there too with the colton systems who has done overall well comparatively this season offensively that he can produce so i'd love to see turris stay in the top six obviously Duchenne, glenlin stay up there as well because of his talents and then you have forsberg and johansson so that that's my take on it anybody has anything different
1: no, that's a good that's a good point because this is something that we often talk about, and a lot of people do. That Calle Yarncroak, that is his gift to this team, is that he can play successfully no matter where you put him. And there's a lot of players on a lot of different teams that struggle when they get outside of their comfort zone. And the entire all the ice is his comfort zone. So I think that he's got that ability to move up and down, and wherever he's going to be, he's going to he's going to play well, and he's going to be successful. So I think that'd be fair, and I'd okay. like to see kaltura stayed just to you know he's he's showing what he's got now and so i'd like to see that develop more so
2: all right real quick here when carol asks in honor of exam season predators university has just opened its doors which players are teaching which classes ryan johansson is teaching speech
1: Greg smith is teaching agriculture <laughs> Don't they have farms where he came from in Well, Wisconsin? yes, he's a farm
2: boy. But yeah. Ryan Johansson, because he is freaking hilarious, he'd be the like, professor that sits in the back of the class and chirps you while you give your speech. <laughs> and that is the perfect freshman class that he'd be teaching at Predators University.
1: I feel like Matthias Uckholm, because he said in an interview that he tries to control himself to set a good example for his son. I feel like he needs to teach some anger management classes. So psychology. Mm. Yes, he was sort of like major. There we that. go.
2: There we go. All right, folks, if you missed any of it, PenaltyBoxRadio.com for all the coverage you need on the Predators, high school hockey, college hockey, and all things in between for all things hockey and music city. PenaltyBoxRadio.com for intern Jonah, intern Danielle, producer Calvin, Glenn Blackwell. This is Justin Bradford. Thanks for listening to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game.
1: Oh, oh my God. gosh. That is amazing. Well mm-hmm.